Yeah. Now, can I just ask you maybe what are the challenges of integrating? We speak about biohybrid, for example, actuator in that case. What are the challenges of integrating artificial material with biomaterial? There are the challenges you still face in that designing process. Yeah, well, I think um, the main challenges associated with integrating different materials are numerous. Uh, for example, um, if we're um, trying to accomplish a particular task like actuation, we want to make sure that um, there's um, proper mechanical mismatch um, in cases you don't want any mechanical mismatch. You want to make sure that the effects of different materials on each other is well known and understood so that um, you don't have issues like um, one material causing um, degradation or other types of toxic behaviors in um, other materials or cell types. So these are some um, standard things, but I think the um, integration of these materials is also fairly uh, important more and more um, as techniques like 3D printing and other additive manufacturing techniques are coming on board, um, we can try to create um, uh, approaches where we can integrate different materials in a reproducible way. Now, most of these processes have traditionally been a one material kind of process, so you 3D print one type of material. But as we start developing these um, more advanced printers, then we can uh, be able to reproducibly generate um, structures that have multiple different types of materials from uh, organic and organic um, and other sources, and then be able to generate the complexity and the functionality that's required for some of these systems. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious to go again for uh, your work about micro and nanoscale technology for cancer treatment. First of all, which level do you think you have to understand when you deal with micro and nano? Which one is challenging of liver understanding to approach as a design process and, uh, for example, cancer treatment? If you can give an example about that, which level of understanding do you need? Yeah, so I think uh, like some of these other areas, um, it's very important to understand the problem. Um, and in cancer, um, obviously, there's a number of different um, biological um, challenges involved. Um, being able to deliver the right type of um, uh, drug to the right area um, in the body is, is very important. And um, so, so there's been a lot of attempts at trying to do that, things like nanoparticle um, delivery that's targeted and it tries to find the um, cancer cells in the body based on specific target molecules or cell uh, surface receptors. You know, these are, <clears throat> there's a lot of different approaches that um, have been tried. The way that I'm kind of thinking about um, some of this uh, um, applying micro-nanotechnologies to cancer therapeutic and drug delivery is, is really based on trying to, um, one, be able to um, understand where, where at least the site of prim primary tumors are and then be able to deliver um, materials that can uh, release drugs or or other types of um, agents like vaccines um, directly near or in the tumor um, over long periods of time so that you not only um, deal with the primary uh, tumor, but also minimize um, uh, metastasis to other sites by um, 
um, dealing with um, cells that are kind of moving around from the tumor. So that's kind of one of our approaches, and we've developed materials that you can inject or deliver through blood vessels to these um, tumors. The other approach, which I think is more relevant for um, vaccines, is to use the body's own immune system to hunt down these um, uh, tumor cells, whether they're metastatic cells or uh, the primary tumor cell, um, and then uh, be able to hunt them down and uh, get rid of them. Um, And for that, one of the approaches to ensure this uh, vaccine uh, approach works well is to actually develop um, simple technologies that can be applied. So one of the ones that more and more we've been using are microneedle array patches so that you can actually load your cancer vaccine onto these. Um, You can administer it um, by pressing this uh, array of very tiny needles onto the skin and these uh, tiny needles are painless. You don't feel them, and they don't really uh, cause any bleeding, but they're able to deliver the um, cancer vaccine um, in an area um, uh, under the skin where there are a lot of resident immune cells, and that um, delivery can allow the um, immune cells to become um, um, responsive to the uh, tumor cells. So these are some approaches in which we can kind of take to address um, uh, cancer specifically, but the principles uh, can be much broader and can be applied to a number of different types of diseases. Mm-hmm. And what about accuracy? Because I think it's something we ask also about the accuracy for touch application like that. If we speak a last one, how, what, what's the percentage yeah. of accuracy? So, so the accuracy of <clears throat> um, getting to the right cells and um, um, dealing with it, it really depends also on many parameters like the type of cancer, the stage, and the type of uh, therapeutics that we're doing. Um, in some cases, it's possible to um, really have high um, efficacy on on the tumors and be able to um, eliminate them completely. Of course, um, it all also depends on um, um, the, really the biology of the, these things. So if there, there are certain types of tumors like um, that are very responsive to things like immune therapy because the immune cells can get to the tumor cells. And then there are other types of tumors where things like immune cells or drugs are have a difficulty because um, the uh, the tumor, let's say, is so dense that immune cells can't get to it, or the drug can't man- penetrate into it. So these are some types of things. So the accuracy could be um, from very very good to like basically from basically treating cancer to having um, a, basically a non um, non viable um, approach.